I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bank Headlines for Wednesday. Teddy Bridgewater to Denver. Only getting back a six-round pick, so you say he's not worth much, but actually he's worth less than that if you look at the contract details. Carolina's paying a lot of the money next year. Antonio Brown signs with Tampa Bay. Good on the field, obviously. Questions off. What's the net effect? I think it's a big deal. Tonight in the NBA, Clippers at Suns. A lot of us are particularly interested in this one. Kawhi is doubtful. Suns at home, favored by four. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday. It's a big Wednesday, the day before the draft, live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great, great nation. Steve Fezzik. Comes out of retirement in studio. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We've got a jam-packed show. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a member of the Super Bowl champs returning on a deal. We've also got the draft now just a day away. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? First, I got a question. Are you under hostage right now? You look like you're. it's a hostage video. No, just a uh, just a poor lighting in another room in the house. That's all. <laughs> you know, if you're Jonas, for those that haven't seen, is a good-looking fellow. You should just get the light. Writing right, Jonas. Why not, right? <laughs> my grandfather told me when I was in my 20s, I used to not shave a lot. You know, I kind of had the rebellion going. He goes, listen, you're going to have a chance to be old. You're going to have long enough to be old. You might as well enjoy being young. <laughs> so yeah, you've got that. Hey, you got a, the opportunity to be attractive. Get the lighting right. I mean, it just helps, <laughs> helps me. Now, actually, this helps me. Because when Jonas looks good, I, you know, sometimes I get a little insecure. This way, I'm going to be just bad. If he disagrees with me, I'm going to be that, that ugly guy. I got him. <laughs> Las Vegas lead today is, I believe, Antonio Brown. And when I say I believe it, I mean some of you might say, I didn't even start. Big, big deal. Yeah, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers continue to bring pieces back from last year's run. Antonio Brown re-signing with the Bucks on a one-year deal that could be reportedly up to worth up to $6.25 million, that according to the NFL Network. Now, we actually have some tape of Fez's thoughts on Antonio Brown last year. <laughs> much of a big deal at all <laughs> is that true fest it is true and, and then you... there was a response to that let's see Okay, now what do you have to say? Well, the infamous bet I made against you. I took Scotty <laughs> Miller against Antonio Brown. Who I wonder would, how Scotty Miller's feeling today. Yeah, who would have more catches the rest of the year? Let's just say Scotty Miller completely disappeared and showed how important A.B. was to that team and how Tampa Bay felt how much better he was than Scotty Miller. If I wanted to bet you 
Scotty Miller versus Antonio Brown. But here's the distinction. Antonio Brown's catches this year don't count, but Scotty Miller's do, and it's a two-year bet. <laughs> Would you bet that? I'm done with Scotty. Because <laughs> really, McKenzie, at one point, it was like, 50, like 45 catches to like three. 45 to four, I it think. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was so funny to watch it. But I do believe what we thought then, or what I thought then, and what I think now is the following. Antonio Brown is good. Right? The case could be made over a six-year period before he left Pittsburgh. He was the best receiver since Jerry Rice. And the thing about receivers are, Randy Moss might have this amazing year or two. And his talent was you know, maybe the best ever, Randy Moss. Another guy might have a year or two. But these receivers tend to come and go fast. Now, they, they stick around. They might be the seven, like Julio Jones. Is he one of the top three receivers? No, he's not today. But he certainly had times he was. Brown was very consistent. Very consistent. And in just eight games, he had 45 catches as the number three option. And what really stood out is his yards after catch were the best on the team. So this is not a guy going out of bounds. This is a guy taking the ball and heading up the field. I agree. Very productive. And if you think about it, well, then that's awesome. Great. Why is he? Well, obviously, there's the off the field questions. But if you look at the time before the off the field were the questions, this was as productive as a receiver as we've seen since Jerry Rice. And that's saying something. That means maybe the second most productive six-year period ever, ever. Now, he's hitting the wall when it comes to his age. Uh, four receivers, typically. Again, Jerry Rice was the exception to that. Uh, even if he drops off a little bit, a little bit, cause of age, Antonio Brown, I believe, will be at least as good, if not better, this year. Well, how could he drop off and be better? The other circumstances. Remember, he joined the team midseason, right? As much as he is a pro's pro in a way that and Brown was able to get acclimated and get integrated, he was playing much better coming into the playoffs. Now, he did get hurt, but it, uh, to me, his last three or four games were better than his first three or four, which is a trend line, I think, that continues with a more robust offseason into having the whole time with the team. So, net, net, I think Brown's more of a factor. And one last thing. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. What do the Bucks do, the Patriots used to do, that most teams don't? They're multiple. And that means... Imagine if, um, let's say it's a, it's a, it's a UFC-type fight. It's a street fight, even. And there's one guy that if he gets you on the ground, you're done. He's going to choke you out. But if he's standing up, he's not much of a striker, as they call it, right? And Jonas is an expert at the UFC. Well, what is those fights all about? It's about who can dictate the style. And if you get into one person's style, he's going to win. The other person's, he's going to win. It's really that simple. Most teams are like that. You let the Baltimore Ravens run, they're going to beat you. You make them pass, you're going to beat them. Well, what was the case with the Patriots in their glory days, or let's say two years ago, even when they went 12-4? and four? It was, they are going to find your weakness and make you play left-handed. So it wasn't about you stopping them, it was about them making you inept. 
Well, think about the Bucks. One week against a zone team, maybe Brown underneath has a bunch of yards. Next week versus a man-to-man team, they're not, Brown's more of a decoy. They're going over the top. Mm-hmm. This offense now, it's not just depth. It's flexibility. And in the NFL, that's how you win over the course of a season. And that's why in the NFL we see teams look great one week and bad the next. It's often matchups. Well, Bucks are almost matchup proof on offense. That's big. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, what do you think? Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of – if you looked at the, uh, the Buccaneers last year towards and down the stretch – it looked a lot like the Patriots to where you would see them. They would just play the hot hand. Okay, well, who, where's our advantage this game? All right, let's go game to game as opposed to being so dependent on Mike Evans or Godwin one day or Gronk the next. In the Super Bowl, they identified Rob Gronkowski was a guy they could go to and they were going to have success with. And, and they just looked more and more like that Patriots team and those Patriots teams that made those runs, Scotty Miller towards the end of the first half uh, in the, in the Packers game, which was an issue, which, which, you know, was, uh, was Fez's least favorite moment from the entire season, but they just could have been. Yeah. Because they just identify who's the guy that's going to benefit from this matchup and let's attack it. And, and that reminds me so much of what new England did for all those years. And if you really think about it, new England was the one team in all those years with consistency, where they weren't getting blown out. Ever. It, it, it was going to be they were either going to blow you out or you were going to be lucky and kind of match their flexibility. And you know what? At halftime, they'd make a change. And I think something we missed and I missed was the change that Tampa made against Kansas City in the regular season. Because if you look at that game, it was the tale of two games, right? Is Kansas City was up big, and then Tampa almost came back and won. A lot of people said, ah, Kansas City wasn't trying. Maybe. But boy, oh boy, Tampa had a chance to win. It wasn't like they came back and made it an eight-point game. It was Tampa in that game. Had, and we dismissed it kind of. But in hindsight, they picked up pretty much where they left off in the Super Bowl. It was, hey, this isn't working. Now we can do this. And Kansas City didn't have an answer. When Tampa had something Kansas City couldn't match, Kansas City didn't have an answer. Now, Kansas City's O-line was hurt in a way that few teams could have overcame. And Andy Reid, his son, was in legal trouble. And it, I can't know for sure, but boy, that was the least amount of adjustment you could have imagined in that game. So maybe we dismiss it, but it doesn't change the fact that a team that can adjust throughout the season and even within a game has a big advantage. And the Bucks have more adjustment now because of Antonio Brown adjustment ability. Last word, Fez. Yeah, even a running back, Fournette and Jones, you know, you've got very diverse running backs depending upon the weather, et cetera, so they can hit mm. you with so many different options, yes. And some catch the ball better, some don't. And again, that's what they've been kind of missing in a way, Tampa, is a pass-catching running back. And again, sitting at 32, that might be a good spot for that. Jonas, there was another transaction, not quite as exciting, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is on his way to Denver. The former Carolina Panthers quarterback is now a quarterback on the roster for the Denver Broncos in exchange for a sixth round pick in this weekend's upcoming draft. And you might say, okay, a starting quarterback for a sixth round pick, good deal for Denver. It's even better for Denver. It even shows you that there's more of a pessimism about Bridgewater. Is McKenzie and research? There's a contractual element to this. Yes, next year the Panthers will pay seven million of Bridgewater's contract. The Broncos only three million. Okay, so you take them. We'll take. We'll pay seventy percent of the money. I mean, that's almost like the Jared Goff situation, 
where you know they put a, a first round pick around his neck and send him to the cousins for the weekend. It's like this is even more extreme, it seems. And I gotta wonder if there was a locker room problem, because. I don't care. I mean, in theory, Sam Darnold has something to learn. Well, from any quarterback, really. But Sam Darnold would have something to learn from a, a glue guy like Bridgewater. Because I, I don't know about Darnold and his locker room stuff, but he didn't seem to inspire very much. There wasn't any sense <laughs> of, like, let's play for Sam. And, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, and Jonas, you read all, you know, so much, of, so many of the insider reports and just what's going on, in, you know, the, the stringers put out. Did you get a sense that Bridgewater was a problem ultimately in Carolina? Because I never got a sense of that with him ever. No, I've never gotten the sense of that with him at any point during his career, whether it was Minnesota, whether it was the one, you know, the time he spent in New Orleans last year with Carolina. There were no yeah, issues. Yeah, he was a, a champ in New Orleans as yeah. a backup. Wasn't yeah. I mean, obviously Drew Brees, but still. Totally, 100%. So, yeah, that, that's why I, this is a little bit – just the compensation a little surprising. But, you know, again, I mean, uh, Sam Darnold, there's, you know, somebody else in the NFL showing a lot of faith in a guy who hasn't done much. So, yeah. Well, but, hey, guys, let's admit one thing now, and let's be candid. There was reports – that they were going to pick up his 50-year option. And what did I say? <laughs> Live on air. I said, I don't believe that. I go, I hear the report. I'm saying <laughs> that temper's too smart, and now they're saying it doesn't look like it. Now, again, it hasn't been finalized, but Jonas, I'm hearing they're not. Yeah, I have not heard anything as far as them picking that up yet. It still, it still feels like this is a prove-it season for Sam Darnold in Carolina. But there were reports pretty much saying it was a foregone conclusion. Yes. Everyone but yeah. you. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, again, maybe I would have been surprised because if you look at it, Bridge or Bridgewater's gone is the idea of Darnold with a one-year chance cheap. You know, you give up some picks for him, but not a first round. What he could listen, even if there's a thirty percent chance he's the talent they thought when the Jets drafted him, it's worth it. And you know what? Carolina's not winning anything this year anyway. So what happens? You roll the dice. If he hits seven. You're like, okay, we got our quarterback, sign him to a long-term extension. You don't need the fifth-year option, all right? But now, because this is his fourth year coming up, you're making that decision for the year after. Now they're forcing you to. Lamar Jackson, it's easy to make that decision. Not Not even smart, in my opinion, with Sam Darnold. You know, here's the thing. Sometimes life is about luck. Watch me break them with the seven, seven eleven, seven eleven, seven even back door little jump. I picked up the cash from. So you roll the dice. Right, you get your seven, you get your eleven, you're good. If not, bye, Sam. It's time to go get a job at you know some regional network or something talking about quarterbacking. But if you make a two year commitment and he's bad this year, what are you gonna do? Give him another year to say that it's going to be his fifth year that he'll really step up. (laughs) Again, what Pro Football Focus showed us was if you're not at least decent in your second year, you just don't become good in this league. Now, Josh Allen, he was on the border of being decent. You can make the case he's the exception. But Josh Allen, there was no sense that, oh, my God, the Bills are horrible with him. It was like, oh, he doesn't quite seem to have it yet, meaning after his second year. He took a quantum leap in his third. No doubt. One unexpected. But, Fez, you were down on him like most people, but you didn't think it was like no chance the Bills can win a game. 
Sam Darnold so far has played in a way that you can't win with this guy. Three straight, well, well below statistical years. It's not even well below. He's the he, if you look at those three years, he's last by a mile. Yeah, I mean that's all you got to say of any quarterback that started those three years. Sam Darnold has been last by a mile. I think the fact that he was a third, the third pick in the draft means he's got talent. But it's a mystery. That's the beauty of this. If we knew if it was science, every number one overall would do well. And you know what? About 50% don't. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. And I've had an epiphany. I believe the San Francisco 49ers have made a mistake and they haven't even drafted yet. I'll explain. That's coming up next. But first, speaking of the NFL draft, for the very best NFL draft coverage, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio throughout the first round of the draft on Thursday. Catch the NFL's best information man, Jay Glazer, draft analyst Bucky Brooks, former number two pick LeVar Arrington, and Fox's Kevin Burkhardt as they'll be live throughout the first round beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time this Thursday. They'll have pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first round picks that's tomorrow night thursday night 8 p.m eastern time with jay glazer bucky brooks lavar errington and kevin burkhardt right here on fox sports radio and on the iheart radio app he's rj bell i'm jonas knox this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on fox sports radio be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a look at the ever-talked-about number three pick in the first round of tomorrow's draft. You know, it's funny you say that, Jonas, because I was thinking today, I love the topics that we think about every day, because if you're saying the same thing about them, it's boring, right? But if, you're, if you keep evolving what you're thinking, it's really like life. Like, when you got married, you got married, what was it, last July? Yeah, last July. Yep. Yeah. And how long had you been dating? Oof, uh, off and on for like eight years. Long Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, it was a process to make the decision. Yes. Because it was a big decision. Yeah. Right? Yep. So to me, that's how life is. If it's a big decision, I mean, Feds, when that prenuptial you made your wife sign, that was not some like overnight thing. You thought on it, and the lawyers thought, and then finally it was signed. I mean, that wasn't hard, e- or that wasn't easy either. <laughs> but the fact is, big decisions take time typically to get right. And this 49ers trade as I said in the tease, is I think a big mistake, and it just hit me today. And we're going to get right to that. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you for that support. We're going to return your love with great effort to keep delivering for you. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 82 degrees, the neon is pumping. So, RJ, the big mystery atop the NFL draft coming up tomorrow is what the 49ers will do with the third pick overall. They traded for that pick several weeks ago with the Miami Dolphins. And as of right now, according to several reports, it looks like it's either Mac Jones or Trey Lance that will be the selection. Okay, and I think the, the, the betting market is telling us it's still 
Mac Jones is the clear favorite. So yeah. yesterday the odds were minus 250 on Mac Jones. Today, minus 250. Two and a half dollars wins you a dollar. Lance was plus 250. Now his odds have actually, his payout's gone up. His odds have worsened. It's plus 325. So a dollar wins you 325. And Justin Fields, he's kind of picked back up a little bit. Yesterday he was 7 to 1. Now he's 4 to 1. So you look at it, we're all saying, in the, exactly the way Jonas introed, it's the way everyone's talking about Jones or Lance. The betting market's saying Fields has almost the same chance as Trey Lance. And I'll tell you this. The only reason that might be a little off is because they've got so much Fields exposure because he surged at different points. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to make it not great. Because remember, these aren't true odds ever in a betting market. It's the risk the bookies willing to take. So the bookies have their own biases built in there. But in general, they're going to be the best predictor of the future there is. It's just you got to try to find where the biases are. Right now, at those odds, I give you 100 bucks, and you got to bet someone. Faz, who do you bet? Jones. You and like, I did hear the show yesterday when you fleeced our own McKenzie out of 100. <laughs> as he, McKenzie, once again, bought high on trailers. It is funny how he, he put his money down at 2.5 to 1, and the next day, like clockwork, he, he could have got 325. McKenzie, how are you feeling? With, they don't teach us in the Ivy Leagues. I still got my eleven to one ticket in my back pocket. <laughs> what? What? A, oh, you got an eleven to one in some other place. Yeah. So that makes your bet even worse. You already had exposure, and then you made a bad bet with me. I have an uncanny <laughs> ability to get the worst of it. <laughs> well, against me. <laughs> All right, we're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bow. So here's my premises. There's a great line in a book. The character's name's Francisco, and he says, "Whenever you think something doesn't make sense, check your premises. What are your assumptions about?" Whatever you're talking about. So assumption number one is that the 49ers don't think they can win with Jimmy G. I think we all agree that's what they think. I think most of us agree that Jimmy G's limited, especially by his availability. Okay. Premise number two is the 49ers want to win now. You hear this all the time about, oh, you know, if they went with Lance... Trey Lance, it, it might be a project. It might be a year or two. He's got more upside, but it's a project. I agree with that 100%. They say that, uh, this was on Get Up today, the number of snaps that Trey Lance has taken, no quarterback taken in the first round has had that few snaps at the college level in 40 years. He'd be the least experienced quarterback to get drafted in the first round. He will be in 40 years. I mean, you were just in college when this was the case. Oh, my goodness. So, inexperience and playing against lesser competition. Not a good um, parlay there. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Jonas, would you agree with that, that the 49ers, that this action feels like it's about winning now? Yeah, especially when you look at last year. I think they saw their own mortality right before their eyes. It took two games into the season. They saw a bunch of really good players get injured, and they weren't the same the rest of the year. I think they realize there's windows in this league. They've got a window right now with a lot of good players on a really good contract, like Bosa on the defensive side. They just paid George Kittle. I I think they see this as an opportunity to strike. I mean, you cannot say it better than he just said it. It's about that first contract. The league, remember, it wasn't that long ago that Bill Parcells was lamenting, maybe I won't take the number one pick. I'll just let the number two take it. And then once it gets to a certain slot, I'll take my pick because I don't want to pay this contract. Mm. Sam Bradford, remember that contract? Now that's gone now. Now you've got guys 
like the number one pick, that are like nine, ten million the fourth year. It's not nothing, but it's not onerous, right? It, it rookie deals, first contracts are so attractive. And then what do you get? You get superstars, and you get young players and minimum, you know, veteran minimums. That's it. You don't have those $10, $12 million guys. There's a few, but, boy, the middle class has been hollowed out in football. You hear it in the economy. It has in football. And the 49ers, back 15 years ago, it would have been, this is a 10-year winner. Look at the Cowboys. When the Cowboys had all that great off the Herschel Walker trade, it was like they kept winning. They didn't win Super Bowls, but they were competitive for 10 years. Now, you got a chance, and and again, it shows what the Patriots have done is so amazing. You get that chance. You kind of sell out for it, and then you're back in the dumps, and hopefully you cycle back again. Mm. That's the NFL today. So you look at a team like the Washington Redskins. You might think it's the beginning of something. No, this might be the two years they have a chance to win because then those linemen start wanting $20 million a year, and then what? And to your point on the cycle back through, the 49ers were in a Super Bowl back in 2012. It wasn't that long ago. It's been seven years since that 49er team and since Jim Harbaugh was there. And since then, they're on their third head coach. They've had how many different players? The roster is completely different than it was. So it's just a different time. It's a different day and age. They tried that way. They got to a Super Bowl. It didn't work. Now they're trying it this way and hoping they can get back to another Super Bowl. Yeah, and the thing that hasn't changed about Harbaugh... He smells! You know, so some things stay consistent, and some things change. But there is a quick evolution. I mean, if you look at Chase Young, second year of the rookie deal, Bosa, third year of the rookie deal. So Bosa is going to be, you know, in theory, Bosa could get... Let's think about this. He's entering his third year, right? Yeah. yeah. So he could sign after this year. Yeah. Yeah. So literally in like nine months or so, we're going to be talking about Nick Bosa's contract potentially. Now, what they can do is they can have it like they did with Mahomes and have the next year or two be okay in front and then backload it. But then that means you're in real trouble in a couple. So there's a handful of years left with this core for the 49ers. They don't want to give up another year to Jimmy G's injuries or anything, really. So they're drafting for now. Okay, here's the conclusion. They made a mistake then. Because the debate you're hearing is, okay, Mac Jones is better now. Trey Lance has more upside. They want now. Okay, fine. And what are they paying for now? Three first-round picks. Okay. What certainty do you have with Mac Jones? More than Trey Lance. But let's compare Mac Jones's certainty for competency and above this year to, I don't know, let's say Matt Stafford, who just got traded. Fez, a, a typical rookie quarterback for you, and they've gotten better. We can debate it, but like last year, who, who was your best rookie quarterback coming in? I had Burrow twenty nine. So Burrow twenty nine. Now you're thinking you got to move these guys up a little bit, but still, well, not not even necessarily close to an average quarterback, a typical rookie. Yes. Even a typical first round pick. Okay. Yes. And here we're talking about the third best quarterback. That's a great point. But even the first Burrow you had, right? Yeah. Tua wasn't good. I mean, who are we kidding, right? And Herbert was. It's a crapshoot. All right. Now, Stafford's chance of being good, not great, maybe. He could be, but it's almost certain, right? Absolutely. I mean, he hasn't had a bad year, effectively. I mean, he's had maybe average years and really good years, but he never gets worse than average. 
right? Stafford. Yes. yes. He's a guy that, if he's not in the top 10, he'll be just out of the top 10. Okay. They paid more. If you actually look at the true nature of that trade the Rams made, they gave up one of the number ones to get rid of Goff and two number ones to get Stafford. So if the price is two number ones for Stafford and three number ones for Mac Jones, but Stafford has almost a certainty to be good and Mac Jones is not certain, what the heck's going on? The only thing that you're gaining with Mac Jones is longevity. 15 years, perhaps. You know, who knows? But we're playing for now. If you tell me, yeah, I know my certainty now is up a little bit from Trey Lance, but it's down from Stafford, but Mac Jones has a lot of years left in him. Stafford has maybe three, four, five, six. Boy, that seems like you're balancing too much there. If you want to play for the future, pick the guy with the biggest upside and accept the fact that maybe he's going to fail and maybe it's going to take him a couple years, Josh Allen style. If you want certainty, go get a veteran. I'm not saying they didn't try. I think they were in on the Stafford sweepstakes. But it seems like a desperation move. And and maybe I'll just ask Jonas and then ask you, Fez, is if you're trying to win now, forget what it cost. Wouldn't you rather have Matt Stafford than Mac Jones? 100%. It's why they also were in the market for Tom Brady last year. They did sniff around for Brady. Well, they weren't really because they didn't. They they could have had him, is my understanding, right? Well, but they they contacted or were reaching out to find out what's you know how serious is this? They contemplated interest. Yeah. So the fact that you were contemplating that guy and now you're settling, I guess is the right term for a guy who's going to end up with no experience and you're giving away a bunch to try and hope that he's the guy. Basically, what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done is put all of their chips in the center of the table on whatever this pick is. And if it doesn't work, both those guys are in trouble. Matt Stafford, they could have gotten for less chips with more certainty. Faz, what do you think? And I think even looking at what Washington did, the window is now Fitz Magic. Eh, no, you know? no, 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 no. Because Fitz Magic doesn't, there's a reason he doesn't get starting jobs, right? <laughs> is he's erratic. He's the definition of erratic. Now, it's almost like we planned this. I had a theory. I'm not sure that they wouldn't have been better off with Fitz Magic and Jimmy G. Think about this a second. Let's say Jimmy G misses half the games, right? Ah. So we all agree Jimmy G, when he's available, his ability allows him to be about the 12th best quarterback, right? If if Jimmy G played on the same team, let's say Stafford and Jimmy G had uh, comparable teams, were supporting players around them. And if Jimmy G played the whole year without an injury, which happens, I think he's probably even money to be right there with Stafford uh, qu- the quality of performance wise. Yeah, you that's, a, that's a great point. And th- those three you, out of do four, you agree with that? Yes, those oh. three out of four years, he only, Jimmy G only played six games, like you said. All right, but, but that's yeah. the point. Now you've got a really good backup who, quite frankly, can get hot. Fitzpatrick can get hot and play as well as anyone. So now you've got to roll snake eyes twice hmm. to lose. Jimmy G's got to get hurt, and Fitzpatrick's got to play bad. If either of the two happen, you, that two headed monster probably does pretty well. Yeah. And you didn't give up anything, really, in that case, because you just got to pay Fitzpatrick, like $10 million. So, I think there's a lot of ways to look at this. It feels like they're trying to split the needle. They're saying, we want now, but we want longevity, and we want a decent ceiling. Because they're saying this guy has a better ceiling than a Kirk Cousins. 
it's possible, but statistically, it feels like they're trying to do three things at once. And you know how tough it is to hit two or three in a row, right, Fez? <laughs> yes. All right. That's, it's fascinating. But listen, Mackenzie, first cousin of Shanahan, what do you think? Last word. I have to agree with you. I think it would be a middle-of-the-road decision where they're not really here or nor there. So I, I think it would be a mistake. I really do. But like I said, I don't know about Mac Jones the way that you know, these football experts do. Except what seems interesting is the football experts seem really split on them. Then a majority are like not as high as the Shanahan's are as the 49ers are. It's a fascinating story, but I do think it's telling that I haven't concluded this until weeks of talking about it, which is why these topics like Jonas's marriage are interesting <laughs> over time. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Updated odds, will Jimmy G be traded during the draft? Yes or no? 75% no, 25% yes. That's minus 400 plus 250 at bet online. I tell you this, when we come back, this tease is going to feel like people is going to groan a little bit, and then they're going to say, yeah, I want to know. What are the odds on the Mayweather Logan Paul fight. We've got those odds and a big, big game in the NBA that I have about a new car riding on. Not quite, but almost. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. RJ Bell, this is Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, we've been talking a lot about the NFL draft. Fast approaching, coming up tomorrow, and the mystery near the top with the number three pick. Yeah, so we got a best bet coming up from Fez. This is the man that last year bet 19 separate bets on the draft. He went 17-2. and two. So the squares of the squares for making that many bets... The sharpest of the sharps for winning that many bets. What's your bet count this year? 21. Can you believe it? <laughs> you know something? That's BS. You're betting like 50 bucks here or there. I mean, how much money do you have in play compared to last year? Now, that's a great point. Less money. Yeah, getting yeah, smaller yeah. pieces Look, of the pie. A lot of little, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he might have had to get a job last year. That's why he made all those bets. But what we figured out, and I tell you, Jonas, this is we don't say short thing, and it's not a short thing, but boy, this is rock solid. Is if you find a mock, a guy that does mocks who's connected, meaning it's not an outsider, but an insider. And if he has a guy going in his last mock that was never in that spot on his prior mocks, it's gold. Why? He's got information. Imagine, you did four mocks before. You never have a certain player in a certain spot. And then come the, the mock you're going to get graded on, one of your friends, whatever, at that team said, hey, it looks like we're going tight end here, blah, blah, blah. That's who shows up mysteriously. There's info there. So we did a study, McKenzie Rivers, pregame.com research. We've got five guys, and we've got to go through these quick because we're just going to kind of read the names. They were 
nowhere to be found, and now in the last mocks, they've popped up. Give me each one of those quickly. Wide receiver Moore, cornerback Eric well, Stokes. Wait, hold on a second. There's multiple Moors, right? Yes, there's two wide receivers Moore. You might Elijah wanna, Moore. You, there's more Moore, so you might want to use the first name. Elijah Moore, Okay. Eric Stokes, Jason Owe, Joe Tyron, and we talked about him earlier, Travis Etienne. Okay, so what we got these four guys or five guys that are showing up somewhere. We got to talk about where they're showing up. Like, what, what did we? What, what do we want to? What do we? What, what have we learned about these guys? They went from not being on a lot of these mock drafts to being highly rated. So they are bet on players as far as they're over under. Okay, now that that's a great point. You know, it's not so much you're going to bet this player is going to go twenty second. What you're saying is if you know the guy's going 22nd and his over-under is 28-and-a-half, you want to go under or before. You know, Yes. Uh, so, once again, these are all guys that were bullish on. Bullish on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tweet this out. At RJ in Vegas, I'll tweet the five. You heard it. But I think those are five to look at. Be optimistic about. They're probably going to go earlier. And the logic, Jonas, you tell me, that logic makes a ton of sense, right? You know the media guys. They're trying to use their own theories, but then they're getting information. The closer we get to the draft, the more information they have. If a guy is nowhere, you know, he's like, you know, not even in the first round mock, and then he's 22nd the last time, why would he knew that guy? It wasn't like he had some epiphany about that guy. That's information. Does that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I totally agree. And just the closer you get to it, the more solid these answers get. We, look, we've talked about it and have brought it up a couple of times. We knew about Baker Mayfield going number one overall the day of the draft. There were rumors it was Josh Allen, that it was going to be Josh Allen, cold weather, big arm, just made all the sense in the world. All of a sudden, the odds changed the day of the draft, and lo and behold, Baker Mayfield went number one. And that's a great example. I think his over-under was about five and a half entering that day. That Mayfield being in the top five was uncertain. Yeah. Then he was number one. And we got these five guys that have surged in a way based on this theory. I'll tweet them out after the show at RJ in Vegas. All right, Faz, you've got a best bet. Come on, baby, $80,000. Baltimore Ravens, first pick in the draft, take an offensive player. Okay, now, offensive player. We're on the offense. First pick in the draft. What's the odds? Even money. Now, right, right around even. A week ago, they had this prop up. The odds were even money. Okay. Now the odds are still even money. All right. So what's changed? What's changed is Baltimore just traded one of their starting tackles, Orlando Brown. So now they have a, a specific need at tackle. Much more likely, Baltimore is going to go ahead and use their very first pick on an offensive tackle. He plays offense. Well, but that's the thing. We don't know about that. But if you think, I, I love this pick. Would you bet 50-50 if it's a tackle or not? If I say, I want I want uh, no tackle, you want a tackle? No. So it's less than a 50% chance it's a tackle. But if you take the added chance that it's a tackle or alignment, because of the depletion of the line, now it pushes you well over 50%. What I like about this is it was the odds haven't adjusted. You're making insight. You have an analysis that, quite frankly, you're not. The market doesn't agree with, or doesn't even isn't even aware of. Exactly. And because of that, and it's so logical. If you like, in scenario one, it's the way it was, and it's fifty fifty. Now we're going to take one of the five starters, trade them away. By the way, no, hold on a second though. Don't the Ravens have two first round picks? 
27th and 31st. So yes. which one is this? Well, this would be the 27th, the first. The well, how would you? Pick. How would we know that? It's their very first pick in the draft. Oh, is it, I thought you said a first round pick. Okay, <laughs> so. But doesn't that then diminish the chance at the first pick? You think so, Jonas, real quick? Yeah, that was going to be my, my question. Oh. Because their picks are so close together, if there's a really good defensive player on the board and they still think they can get that offensive tackle, if that's what they're going for four picks later, who's the better player at that yeah, spot? And I mean, if you think about it, if they almost guaranteed they were going to fill the lineup, yeah. then all of a sudden the odds go down. That it, you want to, you got 10 seconds. No, I still like I still think <laughs> they right. could go with two offensive. Well, well, here's the beauty of it, Jonas. I'm betting against them. <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, including why the 49ers may have just made a catastrophic mistake, check out the podcast of FoxSportsRadio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time, right here on FSR. Right out of Vegas! Boy, I got by all of this. 